Hey guys and welcome to episode 6 of the Focus On podcast. Um, this week myself, Rory and Dara just sat down via Zoom and we sort of talked about everything going on at the minute. What we're doing to stay in shape, there's a bit of advice in there for any sort of Gaelic players um, wanting to know what they should be doing with their home training and we then go on just general population and uh, what you can do with your own training um, and keeping routine. Uh, we talk a bit about what's going on at the minute and how we're staying sane and basically the plans for the gym in the future. Um, obviously with Zoom the sound quality is not going to be as good as it normally is but hope you all enjoy it and you can also get a video version if you check out our Facebook page. Thanks. Well that's just one month into lockdown 21st April. Happy birthday Denzi. Thank first you, time, thank you. First time on the podcast. I'm the yeah, guest speaker. Worked off six weeks, worked six weeks, and then all six weeks off. What are you going to do in lockdown? I'm just trying to keep myself busy, really. Um, sort of doing my own bit of training, um, getting out for a bit of walking. Uh, I've actually started a 30-day yoga um, session from YouTube as well, so I've been sort of taking over with that. Um, Is that free? Yeah, free, yeah. Yeah, I'm on wooden paper. <laughs> um, I'm doing a bit of reading as well. I started reading a few books. Um, read that Legacy book, the All Blacks one. Very, very good. Um, and I'm now on the Rory Bess's uh, autobiography as well. So it's, it's going well as well. There's a read that book by uh, Don John, yeah? that I learned six years ago. Yeah, it's called Never Let Go. I thought, uh, I've still got it. It says Never Let Go. So I've just, I've just held on to it. What are you been up to, Dor? Your birthday last week too. Uh, cheers for the messages that he's given me. I know, sort of forgot what day it was. Never mind what date. Understandable. Uh, no, first, first, first week or so of um, lockdown. Like anybody else, it was uh, just pure confusion and getting consumed by what's in the news all the time. And when you're when you don't watch the news, you don't really keep up to date with current affairs. It was just completely overwhelming because you went from, you know, not not getting exposed to any negativity to watching that twenty four seven. The the first week nearly put me over the edge. I'm not going to lie. You know, all the messages were going through the WhatsApp groups. You know, people were messaging about the gym. Um, they were looking for answers, and to be honest. We were getting the information just as fast as they were getting it, um, and it was all it was all very overwhelming. But um, you know, as times went on, like like you said, I think we're on the fourth week now, or we've done four weeks. The last two or three weeks have completely flew and all. I know people are saying like they're, you know, I'm sure everybody's different. I, I, I appreciate people are struggling, but I found the last two or three weeks with weather and all, it's actually been unreal. Like. Um, everybody's situation is different, so you know I do understand if you were if you're in London and you were stuck in a council flat in London and in a high-rise building, that must be just you know it doesn't even bear thinking about. But um, locally, I suppose our rural setup is sort of saving us a wee bit. We're lucky that we do have plenty of stuff around us to to keep us occupied. But I know it was definitely the first week or so it was definitely an absolute. I can't remember a. A time of ever feeling so uncertain, on um, like a, like as much as you were worrying about the gym and the business, you were worrying about the health of your friends and your family. They, like the the way everybody was 
reporting this initially that you know you were seeing all the buzzwords of the reason like tsunami was coming and it was it was understandable people were freaking out yeah to be honest i think having the good weather has made it a whole lot easier yeah. like four weeks I, to be honest they've been completely enjoying it just making the most of always complaining that they've never taken off time off work and stuff so just actually been treating it as a holiday I haven't been working too hard or anything like that yeah, um, the scenes just taking it as a holiday, but the weather's really helped with that. Um, obviously the sort of catch twenty two with the weather and that like you'd love to be going hiking up in the mornings or you'd love to be going for a good old forest trail walk or something or a trail run, but you just have to make the most of it. But as you say, it's easy when you've got a wee bit of a garden at least and you can go out and enjoy the sunshine. It makes it all the all the better. But I've just been getting stuff done. I've been in this house I think nearly seven years now. I've been getting stuff done. It's been waiting to be done for seven years yeah, yeah. we got the yeah. six years ago and i'm just looking at our three headshots here and it looks like a it's like a facial transformation from gravesy years up upside down uh i've seen that train where people are putting their head back and taking a photo i've <laughs> seen one there eye. yeah um I just haven't really got I got the quarantine cut yet or the beard. I'm sort of keeping it, trying to keep it pretty fresh, but it's not looking that way. <laughs> yeah, so that's the one I've seen, yeah. Yeah, no, but in terms of where we're at now, um, I don't know, I don't think, I don't think we can be treated like London anymore. You know, I don't think our measures should be reflected by what's 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 happening over over there like what's happening over there in the big cities it was always going to be potential disaster but like i said there you know i'm hoping that our sort of more widespread setup here is going to maybe save us a touch in terms of getting businesses opening a wee bit sharper yeah but i don't know do we do we, do we have to just take the lead as the, the, what what's what they're saying over there, or what Westminster's saying, or do we go about it our own way? I don't know. It's, it's a, it can get very political too, can't it? Yeah, yeah. I think um, for me, the first thing hopefully that will open soon is is um, sort of parks and, and open spaces because like, if all these parks closed, but say you go for a walk around the road, you're zigzagging left, right, and centre. Whereas if just open those spaces up, there'd be less people all walking the same. Same path, I don't, same place, yeah. Don't really understand it. I know people with the good weather, people were abusing it in the first week that the parks were sort of open. People were abusing it and going and gathering and having picnics and shit. But I think people have wised up even more now. People sort of see the seriousness and they could probably do yeah. up public spaces that people need for, for exercise and for you know, walking their dogs and stuff. I think maybe they could do with doing that sooner rather than, than later, to be honest. I think, you know, as long as it's it's controlled, it doesn't make any sense to me to close all our local parks and then you've got, you know, a mass of people being forced to walk up North Street, Lake Street, open open the likes of Lurgan Park. And why not even put uh, policemen and policewomen on bicycles and make sure that no one's, like you say, no one's gathering and everybody's just mo- mo- moving about continuously. But uh, surely the likes of... A widespread, uh, widespread space like the park is—it's just 
if it's not getting utilised, it doesn't make any sense. It, w- it wouldn't be hard, Lurgan Park or Craigavon Lakes, to put a one-way system in place. You know, like say you go in the gate at the golf club there, and you come out the gate just up on Windsor Avenue, and you yeah. walk around and just says, please ensure you're leaving, you know, four to five metres from the person in front of you walking in. And then, you know, you're just walking, and obviously some people walk and some people run quicker. Make sure if it's a one-way system, you then have enough room to pass with, with width, two metres, three metres width. Like, it wouldn't be a hard thing to do that. Um, but, like, you've got the likes of Lurgan Park, um, Allen Hill Park closed there. You can't, you know, Allen Hill Park right beside me. That's where I normally bring the dog. Now I'm bringing the dog onto North Circular Road and round up Antrim Road and passing far more people than I ever would have passed in the park. In Lurgan um, Park, yeah. Like, you're going to say, I've been going to the Little and Cray Island sometimes to do the grocery shop and you're driving past the lakes and there's, cars everywhere so the lakes obviously don't have gates all the way around them so they're not closed so all the people that maybe would be spread between various parks various roads and the lakes are now all going to the lakes because the one place that they can get access to that doesn't make sense either well like the likes of your your tesco's and your littles and things like that they are a perfect example too like i know like Tesco's and the likes of that, they've done their absolute best to stick to the regulations, keep uh, things under control, but there's still an element there where um, the people themselves, the public, are responsible. And there's one-way systems in Tesco's at the minute, but no one's no one's following them. Like, everyone's walking about everywhere. And it's frustrating because, like, I was trying to do the good thing last week when I was in shopping of following everything. And then, like, I literally watched men walk up the wrong way and then stare at me because they think that I'm too close to them. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going like, look at look at the fucking flow issue. You know, it, I don't know, but I don't know how um, you can have operations like that going on in Tesco's and um, and all your shopping centres, and then the likes of the golf courses and the parks are are closed. Yeah, yeah. So I, think, I think we need to have a bit of common sense here somewhere. Uh, it is. It's all a bit sort of backward. I don't think it'll be long though. I think but I do think the parks and, and stuff, open spaces anyway, will be will be open soon enough. Um what about your training then, Gramsie? What what sort of training have you been doing? Yeah, obviously just when no football and stuff. Um it's just hard to find sort of the motivation and sort of just to keep taking over but uh, at the minute I'm doing two home sessions um, of a program that I put together like a home athletic um, program and then also uh, just doing two running sessions a week and with the running sessions I've sort of got away from like 5k's and stuff Um, if I can find a bit of free space bit of grass somewhere I can maybe work on some shorter sprints and stuff um, but maybe leads the longer stuff to maybe a five k or whatever. Yeah, I think I think that's something we should probably touch on. Uh, we were seeing a lot of I don't know about you lads, but in our WhatsApp group, there's um, quite a few lads that are trying to bang out five k's um, on on the regular and beat each other's times and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I suppose we could maybe chip in now with telling them about the importance of maybe. Um, dropping them off and going for a more sprint oriented approach. Yeah, it's something they try to get across to the, the sorceries lads. I was kind of saying, like, your endurance will be the last thing to go. It'll stay with you 
the longest. I don't know if you've seen the wee chart that shows like sort of like your endurance will stay with you if you did no training, stay with you for probably thirty days anyway. Whereas yeah, seen seen our crazy put up something about that as well. So your your aerobic base staying with you for up to thirty days. Whereas your maximum speed and acceleration and stuff tends, you know, within five days if you're not training, a wee bit of that's gonna drop off. So it's kind of make it uh, programming for those lads saying make sure you're getting some sprint work in throughout the week. Um, 5Ks are all well and good, you know, maybe boys who are doing a lot of, bit like myself, you know, because you're in the house all the time, you're all of a sudden find yourself hitting the cupboards a wee bit more, hitting the fridge and hitting the cupboards. So yeah, yeah. 5Ks are bad because for some boys, if they can just keep, prevent any weight gain during this period, it'll go a long way to helping them when football does resume. But trying to encourage them to get, I'm sort of programmed two, two to three strength sessions, like just body weight strength work. Yeah, well, single leg stuff, and then some sprint work, and then told them as a recovery, nearly, if they want to do a nice slow 5K, just pure aerobic recovery, to do that, or if they want to take a full recovery day, they can do that. But obviously these nominations, everyone's doing their, their bit with those 5K nominations too. Yeah. See, it's, it's kind of two forces working against each other. The... The teams have no, well, the very minimal equipment, if anything. So they're working off bands and they're working off light to medium dumbbells for the most of them and body weight. So we as coaches are programming around their, around the equipment that they have. So obviously we're sort of going time under tension, yeah, a wee bit more volume, um, working on holds and you know, eccentrics and things like that. And then they're going out and doing 5Ks. So their, their whole dynamic style of training has been completely taken away. And like, say, say like, I don't know, it would be a miracle this stage, but say we do get the call here that you are allowed to go back to some form of training. Imagine what shape their hammies and all are going to be in when the first sprints are ruled out. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's sorry, Paul. I think that's that's where this all comes into in terms of like training speed and training sprints to sort of keep your hamstrings, your your joints, your ligaments, tendons all sort of conditioned for going back into that that game based or that um sport that you're that you're playing. Obviously, like so, it's a wee bit more specific to that. And even talking about like gym programming and stuff, um, you can't forget about plyometrics. Um, so add more plyometrics in uh, to, to sort of build on that capacity of the, the tissues and stuff and knees, ankles, all your joints um, and just keeping on top of that really. So, so Matthew, um, would you say before their sessions start then, once they've done their mobility work and they're well fired up, firing some plyos before they even go into their, their dumbbell band work or they could even have separate plyo days? Yeah. yeah, you could even have your, your plow days along with your speed sessions or like you say, exactly, put your plows in at the start of a, your, your home session or your weight session, if you like. I think, um, yeah. I think this, this has the potential to really um, benefit the teams that are using strength and conditioning properly. Having, having someone knowledgeable in place with your with your team, you know, an SNC coach or something that understands those training loads on the, you know, like why you need to build up the sprints again for the hamstrings or, you know, maintain those sprints. I think the teams that employ SNC coaches, when this comes back, if it's a quick start to the season, there's potential for to see a lot of injuries if training loads aren't managed properly. 
and I think you could see the teams that utilize proper S and C could that could give them a strong advantage if it's if it's a quick start to the season and you know oh, if it goes straight to a, the only way I see any season happening is if it goes straight to championship and potentially straight to knockout, maybe a back okay. door, but not not the group system we've had before. Because I think the earliest we have to go in line with the whole of the GA and the whole of the GA in the south. I think I've already said it's June before there's anything, June or July before there'll be anything. So yeah. they've pushed the Inter County Championship back until at least July. So they're not going to play club games before that. So it's going to be straight to the championship. And the teams that sort of cope best in this period now are going to have a big advantage then coming into the championship. Just um, obviously, you lads are maybe programming for a lot of GA lads at home at the minute. Um, between the three of us, maybe give give everyone maybe doesn't have that at the minute a quick outline of what maybe a home training session should look like. Yeah, for, for me then, um, just with the program that I've put out to some of the lads that I've been working with, and uh, in particular Clan Iron as well that I'm I'm working with. Uh, Starting off their session, obviously, with a good warm-up, getting your mobility work done. And then I would always start my session with some sort of plyometrics. So some maybe landing mechanics work, um, some fast twitch, um, stretch shortening cycle, plows, um, so more reactive jumps, and just sort of building on the volume in that. Then I'll be moving in, on into more like single legs, so your lower body lift, um, and just working through... Um, single leg strength, both for hamstrings and, and quads and stuff as well. Um, upper body stuff, just sort of doing what I can with body weight and a few bands. Um, but basically, like you said at the very start of the, the podcast, that it's minimal equipment, really. So basically all I have and all I ask for is one kettlebell and maybe a couple of resistance bands and I'm, I'm still, still able to get good quality work done. So... Uh, like like we're really saying, like our our program in terms of like templates and layout, they'll be fairly similar. But I suppose what I want to touch on is, like, if there's ever a perfect time to work on your weaknesses, it's now. So Gaelic players are, you know, historically their mobility um, would be pretty poor to say the least. I know, like, over the last couple of years, um, with the likes of some of the the great coaches locally and stuff that, um, you know, Raw Movement and um, Johnny Neeson and stuff, they're seeing how important mobility is to their football. So especially when the weather's like that, there's nothing stopping you doing like a 10-minute mobility flow every day in your garden, um, making sure it's it has to be stable in your, in your program in any way. So really making sure that you're nailing that mobility. And then because the... Because we're taking the load element out of it now, because we don't have access to these big heavy weights, it's actually there's a, there's, there's a possibility now that we can improve on the likes of your like the way you're saying about uh, doing a lot of single leg work. The person is now being forced to concentrate on the time under tension, the mind and muscle connection. You're not going to get a stimulus any other way because you took away that you took away that load. So the the person has to concentrate so much on that main muscle connection, the time under tension, and obviously, yes, the, the volume of the sets we can increase, but if you've got a 60, if you're a big, big, strong lump of lad, and you've only accessed a 12 kilo kettlebell or a 12 kilo dumbbell, you're going to really have to concentrate on your eccentrics, on your single leg split squats, uh, on your holes at the bottom, 
So if anything, it's maybe forcing the person to think a wee bit more about what what a training session should feel like, as opposed to just going into the gym, getting under a squat bar, and trying to ego lift, um, you know, with with pretty crappy form. Yeah, I think just like you're saying there, Dora, it's, it's a it's a great time to get sort of working on movement patterns as well. Um, as you know, sort of a lot of the Gaelic players, it's only sort of getting more and more now into the strength and conditioning side of things, but uh, Gaelic players are sort of, wouldn't be the best mover, movers. Um, but So now, now would be a perfect time to sort of work on that, that the movement patterns. And funny, I had a lad there last week, he was saying he had two 5kg uh, dumbbells and a band. And he says he's never had doms like it. You know, he yeah. must have been doing like RDLs and stuff like that so um but it's just good to sort of get that work capacity in now as well as usual i'd say sort of working on them um, <clears throat> on weaknesses i mean how many you like lads you program for could do five pistol squats unbroken on each leg you know five not a high number of reps but like how many lads can do one pistol squat so yeah, if you, can't, yeah. you know there's a lot of room there to make gains just simply working on ankle mobility <laughs> yeah ankle mobility single leg squat to maybe a, a chair or sofa or something and then gradually build that up into doing pistol squats and yeah. if you're doing if you can do a good pistol squat each each side like just one rep even you know you're in a good place yeah you're, you you're start doing well. after five six reps that's going to replace a heavy barbell for a while until you get the chance the way i've been programming as you say we've been mobility at the start then just basically starting off a velocity based movement so that's a jump, sprint, throw if they have anything like a med ball or yeah, some form of plyo and then usually single leg sort of you know, um, like knee down and so single leg squat, lunge, split squat, pistol squat, then working on the hamstrings, upper body is more, for the lower body I've been working more and slowing it down, eccentrics or pauses, getting that time under tension as you said Dar for the upper body, obviously yeah. you mean the obvious ones press ups. Um, if they can, wait them, wait them. If not, slow eccentrics on the press-up or a pause at the bottom. But for the upper body stuff, taking those reps instead of like program for a certain number of reps, just basically saying, right, take it one to two reps from failure. From failure, yeah. So just bang them out, one or two reps from failure. And then other one working on weaknesses, um, for Gaelic players especially, uh, if it's YouTube, Copenhagen planks or Copenhagen plank raises, I think that's, that's one that we would use with people. Um, and really good for building up the adductors or the, the groins. Um, seems to be a more common injury in footballers now, and you'll probably find going back to grass training after, if you're doing a lot of running on roads and stuff, change of surface, and then going into change of direction stuff when the football starts, you'll need to have strong strong groins to deal with that, that training load. So that's, again, a weakness that um, guys can be working on. In this this period, in terms of the mobility, used as we're saying, um, I use that up um, GoWad, um, and it's it's like basically you put in you do a mobility test, and it gives you like a score and shows you your bad areas, and then it programs basically you can pick an eight, a ten, or fifteen minute daily mobility, right. and it programs it shows you the exercise. We video has a timer on it for how long you're supposed to do it. And I find that really useful. It's just sort of one that I think it's a wee bit of accountability. You're not picking mobility is the same as training. You tend to stick to the ones that you're not bad at. You don't go, you don't do the exercises that are tough. And 
mobility is the same as um, strength training. You need to be sort of pushing it to get any any benefit. If you're in, if you're holding a holding a stretch or you know a position or doing a movement and it's well within your comfort zone, you're not really improving. Yeah, improving. It's, it's awesome. that's one thing I remember Johnny Neeson was massive on. Like he was all talking about how much you actually push push yourself on the breathing and stuff. He was saying. Like and obviously yoga and all, you know, it has its benefits and what it does for mindfulness and stuff like that. But he was talking about if you're actually serious about really, really improving your mobility, you need to be forcing those reps like like any other exercise in the gym. Yeah. So that that we up go all. I think they're doing a free forty day trial. I think it's from like sixteen to nine a month, but they're doing a free forty day trial. So anyone doing it, you're getting a month plus there for for free. You can do the mobility test. They do like a, there's other ones as well. This is just the one I'm using. Um, they do a daily mobility, and then you can also do like pre-workout or post-workout. So you enter the movements you're actually doing in your workout, and it'll come up with a wee thing. And you can again select like ten or fifteen minutes, or if you've got tight hamstrings or glutes or something, you can literally go. There's you can do it by zone and pick where you fit. You need the mobility, and it'll give you a few exercises to do, and then it, it records your overall. Um, it's called it mobilization time. So I'm at like over lockdown, at like four or five hours or something of, of mobility work. And it's just a good sort of accountability thing. Um, for me, mobility is that one. It's so easy for me to just go through the motions. You know, oh, I just need to do this so I can do my proper workout now. But with this wee app, I found it's actually more structured and more training. You're pushing that um, progression on it. Better, so that's maybe something people could look into. Yeah, like how many, sort of even not even athletes or any sports people that we're working with, but even general people coming in at the start of the session and maybe do need to work on maybe opening up their T spine or whatever, but just sort of go through the motions, you know, just to get it done to get stuck into their session. You know, how many times do you see that like as well? Just on that, then obviously we've touched our good bit on the on the Gaelic ones. Obviously, all our Gaelic background. Um, what would be the general advice you would, would give people then, just some of our members at home, what they should be doing? Well, again, I would always go back to the basics. So you were saying about how easy it is now to, I think it's the, the psyche of not knowing that, is there going to be a holiday this summer? So like the goalposts have been moved further away from all, what all our members were maybe training for, you know, was it, was it holidays, was it weddings, you know, there's a lot, a lot of things in the pipeline of the summer that a lot of social occasions that people want to be uh, be looking well for and that's what their whole training is geared towards. So first of all, you, you, you've got to lose that mentality of what's the point, you know, you, you can't be thinking like that there, you've got to get back to a general, general health perspective. So I would always start with, again, with the weather being so good, first of all, is your, your daily step count has to be uh, like... I I've told all my online clients higher than what, what it's ever been. You know, you're not getting up at your your usual like this is if you're off work of course. You're not getting up at your usual times. You're not performing your usual daily steps about your daily routine. So I know like I don't know about you guys, but from looking at my uh, my watch and stuff, the when you're used to getting up at quarter past five in the morning and you're working to nine o'clock every night, your step count is is usually through the roof. But at the minute, I'm struggling to hit I hit about fifteen thousand but for me that that's not great. I'm usually clearing over twenty. So I start off every day um every morning start off with a five K walk. 
and then that gets me that's, that gets me underway and I know at least that if I don't have quite as productive a day as what I had planned, at least I've got that 5k in the bank. So I try to do that first thing in the morning. And um, we do that fasted before breakfast and that sort of that gets the ball rolling, like I said. Uh, in terms of, of home training, again, all my client programs have been uh, tailored around basic equipment, a band, a kettlebell and a dumbbell. So that's what I've been trying to tell uh, all my clients to get hold of. I know it's a bit of a struggle at the moment with online stores and a lot of them have like uh, sold out and there's a big waiting time on them. But if you can get access to a medium, the light set of dumbbells, one heavy kettlebell and one band, that's, that's literally all you need. And focus on the compounds, your, the likes of your squats and your swings, they will always stand the test of time. And then, like we were talking about earlier with our Gaelic athletes, then we can go into a wee bit of sort of time under tension work. So always start with your main lifts, focus on strength. Because, the, like I said, the load isn't quite there, you're going to have to maybe add a bit more volume, you know, the likes of five sets of ten, it isn't normally rap schemes that we would probably traditionally plan for in, in gym environments, unless you're on like a serious hypertrophy uh, phase, but just got to make do what, what you can. So minimal equipment, but really we're concentrating on, like I said, the, the variables, time under tension and, and a bit more volume. Yeah, and I think, I think also like we just need to be sort of more realistic about the whole thing as well. Um, you know, giving out programs to people and, people sort of having this mentality of oh, can't be bothered doing anything today or I'll miss this or I'll miss that. You know, th- that is real, more realistic. Um, not everybody is going to stick to a home program either, um, especially with the current situation. It's just everybody, it's just the unknown for everyone. Um, find it sort of hard to get motivated to do anything at the house as well. Um, but I think, like you said, or it's just getting out, get the steps in, go for a walk, go for a jog, and just keep active really. Um, I know we don't. We were talking about the parks and stuff. We don't really have that, but I'm sure there is. Um, where well, we are lucky enough that we have areas that we can go for a walk, or um, that that is still safe enough. So it's it's just really about about keeping active. Like, so don't don't get caught up in the whole thing. You know, I need to do this or I need to do that. I think really just just try and be more active. Yeah, everybody's training's up the left. You know, like like you say, I think we have to be realistic about the situation. Like, see. I've noticed a lot of coaches, um, are, they're trying to be quite, quite pursy with their clients and they were trying to get them to basically commit to keeping their online training going and pursing all these home plans on them. And I've heard, like, I've heard a few people that, that have messaged me saying about you know, how, how, how pursy oh. some of their trainers actually are. And see at this, I understand people have to have to put bread on the table, they have to make, uh, have to get a wage, but you also have to be, like Rory said there, you have to be aware of the, the environment that everybody's in, it's financial uncertainty for a lot of people, and I've had a few clients message me, and they said, look, is it okay if I put my train on hold for this reason and that reason, and look, everybody's situation is different, it is no problem at all, because I know as soon as the gym's open back up, as soon as people get back to work and get back to some sort of normality, then things will pick up again? I think um, the number one thing for, for training at home, I think people have actually, it's probably a great thing in that people have now realised that training isn't just for physique and fat loss or, or muscle building. I think people are realising more than ever how important their training is just for their state of mind and, and how 
good to feel when they train. Yeah. Um, that's sort of what, for my own training personally at the minute, that is what's sort of shaping my training. Um, I wrote myself out a program at the start that would sort of, in terms of powerlifting, would really work on my weaknesses. Um, like, you know, more single leg stuff, like working on pistols and working on the, the adductors and stuff. And to be honest, I've, there's no powerlifting competitions coming up. So that's went out the window for me. And the big things I find is just, number one, don't write out workouts that are going to completely overwhelm you. So if you're working out at home, don't have a workout that you think this is going to take an hour, this is going to take shorter workouts done more often are probably going to be better. I mean, I've been training twice a day some days just because I can, but they might only be 20 minute workouts. So it's still only 40 minutes of training a day, but it allows me to, normally variety is not a thing I'm big on because I'm taking a lot of powerlifters or, or Gaelic ones or something. So, you know, the movements you want are very specific. But for now, in this environment, when you don't have a lot of equipment, um, just vary your workouts so that you're actually looking forward to them and enjoying them. And that's yeah. the big thing for me. And just try and workouts that maybe I'd always looked at, you know, workouts that I've seen online, you know, wee wads and stuff, and goes, oh, I wouldn't mind giving that a go. But then you're either training for Gaelic or I was training for powerlifting, and they didn't fit with the plan. Now I'm just doing them to see, see how I perform. I've got back into a wee bit of running just this last week. Those 5K nominations kind of helped, but I haven't run. My last run would have been, I think, in just at the very start of the new year. I did like a trail run with the, the Sarsfields lads. It's just after that, entered a Born to Run competition just for a wee bit of crack for our first get together. I haven't run since then. So, and then before that, it was probably last middle of last season around. So, um, it's been good to get back into a wee bit of running. I think just. For anyone at home that doesn't have a real specific thing they have to train for, you know, just vary your workouts, shorten them down so you can get a bit done. And if you want to do another workout in the day, you can. And just do things you enjoy. Yeah, it's funny what we spoke about before we came on there as well. Um, it's, it, 30 or 40 minutes a day is more than enough. And some of the calorie burns in the sessions that, that I'm doing, and obviously the same as you lads, um, some of the calorie burns we're getting is very, very good for 30, 40 minutes work. Like. Just, just on that there, I was saying I'd look into a bit more running. I think um, what I have noticed though is like when you're out running is that a lot of people running don't realize that just because you're not facing someone or you're going in a different direction when you're passing them, you still have to give them two meters. I'm watching so many people running and just running past people shoulder to shoulder when you're running you're breathing heavier so if you are sort of asymptomatic and carrying any you know carrying the virus without symptoms you know you're breathing heavy going past people you need to give them the same amount of room you're giving them when you're queuing up at pesco's so any runners out there you get too close to me and just gonna fucking trip you up next time you've got the fear right there it's uh, again not worried about me I'd, I'd be worried about getting coming in symptomatic and not that I'm near people, but I am going to Tesco's to do shopping and stuff. So if you're out for a run and some heavy breathing run past you and they're asymptomatic breathing all over you because they don't give you a distance when they're going past. Like, and then you go to Tesco's later that day and how many people are you in contact with there? Uh, I think, see one of the, you're talking about like the, the general public reactions and all, I don't know about you lads, but I think it's great to see 
so many families out walking together and stuff. There was oh, like awesome. every, every sitting out on the the summer side at the front of the house in the evenings and the amount of people walking past my house and the like I think they are all families, like you know, it's it's a, a lot of the kids and stuff with them and they're they're even my neighbours that I'm noticing them out playing in the backyard and all day with them. They're putting up like badminton nets and you know, it's stuff that you never or you haven't seen in years. Like I know years ago that's all we used to do in the summers, you know, it was it was it was always outdoor stuff, but now we're in that generation of the iPod. It's great to see everybody, you know, when parents taking a wee bit of ownership on and getting their kids back out and, and to know that once you mention lockdown and you're told that you're only allowed to exercise once a day, you see how you, all of a sudden the exercise becomes a major part of your mindset. If you're not, exactly. you know, if you're, if you're allowed to do it and you can do it whenever you want, it's like, ah, oh, I can take it or leave it. But now, if you're allowed out of the house for a couple of hours a day and it says you're allowed to exercise, people are really taking advantage of that rule, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And you can see it, like, you can see the, the change in psyche. Yeah, I think it, there has been a lot of sort of, obviously there's a whole lot of bad going on at the minute, but there's been a lot of good things to come out of it. And I think especially with regards to exercise, like even those those home gym competitions, I've never seen as many people try to win a home gym. Half of them's never set foot in a normal gym in their lives. They're all trying to win a home gym. But like the amount of people out running, walking, uh, that, that can only be a good thing. Just hope it, it's long term. People are seeing the benefits of it and keep it going. Long you can see you can see all, all the different the different reactions in people too, you know. You see someone that you haven't seen in a way and you're shouting over the street at them or you're talking to them in the head school, well like, ah, what do you do? And then, <laughs> then there's there's other people that are like what pure pure fear, you know like eye contact and kiss. Like I I I was standing uh I was standing at the guards came up for last week or two weeks ago and everyone was just, like the way they've set up down there is that you're all a couple of meters apart they've marked, marked the floor out outside you're you know you're getting uh sanitizer on your hands the way in but like a woman turned around to me and uh says to me excuse me you couldn't stand a wee bit further away from me and i was standing the grid i was supposed to be she was there was enough distance between us and i, I just said yeah yeah no problem she said thanks and all so was nice about it but when I got home, like I was, I was nearly, it nearly cut me, not personally, but I was like, this is the way our society is going to go. I was like, it, we are fucking surrounded by fear here. Like, I'm, I know it's, it's, like I said, it's, it's normal to feel like that, but it just, I got this real uneasy feeling that this is a sign of the times. Like, I, I just, the fact that people are walking around lurking now, and I know it's recommended, but the fact that people are walking around with, uh, like surgical gloves on, masks, and that's perfectly normal. See, if you told someone that this was going to happen two, three months ago, people are going to be walking around like that. No one's going to bat an eyelid now. It's it's a normal, it's a normal scene. Yeah, and, and like, I, I just I just where where do you think where do you think things are going to go? Because I know when someone walks into the gym, the first thing we do is you introduce yourself, you shake their hand, like you know, the lot in America the um, the health dude is fucking um, a representative of the government. He's is it Fauci or whatever you call him. He's saying hand like handshakes and also be a thing of the past. And you know that's that's dehumanising us. Like it's, it goes against the whole connection that we're used to. I think it's hard, it's hard to know where any of that's going to go in terms of like you know 
it's come up with a, a vaccine that ends up being proven, you know, relatively safe. You know, I think all that ends up fine. But as you say, like, you know, handshakes are a big thing. It's like, you know, you want to greet people properly, handshake, introduce yourself, all that. Like, what do you want to do? Walk up to someone walks into the gym for the first time and fucking throw the elbow up, fucking chicken wing, give me an elbow bump. Like, it's just... Just not the same. I think it's funny, like a handshake or you know whatever it is that we do coming into the gym. That's your first sort of connection with a with a new member or a client or whatever it is. You know, anybody having that, basically? yeah, yeah, and having that sort of taken away from you would be, you know, what's next really? Like I don't, I don't see why like you're going to end up banning handshakes when you can go into. Uh, supermarket and lift up something go oh it's not for me set it back and 10 seconds later someone else could pick it up and you've had your hands on it anyway you know what I mean I, I think I would be taking it a step too far maybe but at, at the minute everything's just speculation everyone's just guessing left right and centre and we just have to see where it goes follow the advice and and I think by the time the gym's reopened anyway I don't know if I don't know what the crack will be with handshaking by then who knows when it'll be what, what about uh, this vaccine then that you're talking about there's one, 100% global agenda here to push a mandatory vaccine vaccine if it if they can I'm definitely not one of these anti-vaxxers like but if usually vaccines are a few years so <laughs> usually vaccines are a few years or more in the making and get refined and refined over time i'll not be jumping to be one of the first to get it and i put it that way but as regards to talking about fucking you're chipping humans fuck off like no chance yeah. Yeah. they're not going to stray down the street and need a human warden to scan my chip hey um no i just i don't like the way things are shaping up uh with the whole ai like totalitarian state the fact that I think in Wuhan they were saying uh, vaccine mandatory and then all of a sudden you've got like this social score and your social score is in relation to like your job status and if you've maybe ever done contribute to society just what what basically what you contribute to society yeah but you've to be barcoded uh, essentially you're you're your chip, like uh, your movements, can be tracked constantly. And like I know that we carry Yarman and Polar watches on our iPhones. And if you have a smartphone, essentially you can track wherever you are. But it's nice to know that if you leave your phone behind, you can get off grid at any one stage. To think that we are—I don't know—I just all of a sudden I feel like we're literally becoming robots. On the the whole dehumanizing thing of no handshakes going towards a moneyless society where everyone's going to be chipping pen we're going to be taking away a lot of uh, human workers as well you know it's, it's going it's all going towards one big tax state and i just i just don't like it like um it's, it's not for me that's why i've got major fear i think on the on the conspiracy theory side of things that's not a conspiracy theory. No, not. <laughs> some of them, just because you have the tinfoil hat on, like some of them are absolutely wild. But the only one thing I can say about all the conspiracy theories at the minute, whether they're 
whether people want to believe them or or what like is that it provides absolutely no value whatsoever to suggest that it's man-made or to suggest that someone's turned on 5g masks and now it's activating coronavirus like, it just doesn't help with anything all it does is give people this attitude like sort of you know like maybe younger people as well sort of teens or early 20s sort of thinking you know stick it to the man we're going to go out and gather in groups because man's made this or something i don't think i don't think spreading like all the conspiracy theories you see on Facebook. I love a good conspiracy theory, but for this year, it just doesn't help. You know what I mean? So, you know what? I, 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 think, I think it's just so hard to know because we, we're, there's so much information, there's so much misinformation. Um, what the, the government are constantly um, retracting statements, they're going back on themselves. Like you, it is information overload. Um, Every person that you're talking to on the street has a different opinion on it. It's uh, you know opinion overload rather than information overload. What's that? It's opinion overload rather than information overload. Yeah, I know, I know. Like we live in a time where like, everyone is very, very opinionated. But I don't know. Not not in this situation. There's no party. Nothing really seems to add up. The way every government and every country has went about this differently means that there's a lot of guests. There's a lot of guests. Uh, like our testing protocol here or the lack of testing uh, like that, that's really really worrying the way the government here have acted to so laissez-faire about the whole thing and um, the health workers on the front line not getting uh, PPE um, not the way there's so many NHS workers that haven't been tested the general public not being tested in big enough numbers it's, it's just oh, it's worrying and then your mind starts it's not, I think it's not so that your mind starts running to other places and you do start to become cynical and you do start to question everything because even people, even doctors and nurses and, and, and health professionals that I know, they're having the same conversations with me. They don't, they're not even too sure. Yeah, it's funny just what you said at the start as well, Dara, about the first week of lockdown and sort of you watching the news and you know, you're you're sort of taking everything in and then all of a sudden the second week into lockdown something's different or something's being added on or it's just it's I, I call I, I down to my mum and dad's. I remember that that first week before lockdown happened, but we were getting all the messages through from some of our members who were health professionals and we were basically asking them for advice and what we should do about closing the gym and stuff. And we were taking everything sort of uber seriously. So like I called down my mum and dad's and I was like, look, need to talk this here. I think this thing is going to get uh, really, really serious. And like my mum was like, yes, look, your uncle Michael has, has been telling me this as well. Um, we're, we're going to isolate ourselves. And like everybody was getting into this sort of panic mode, which was understandable because all this news was coming through at once. And now we're on week four. And like, I'm not saying it's... it's it's not bad. It's terrible. The, the deaths, are, you know, the, the deaths are deaths are deaths. They're, they're awful. But on the mass scale of what everybody's talked about, I think we have we've done quite well. We've done quite well here. And obviously, like long way continued. Is that a result? Is that a direct result of, of people sticking to the rules? And you know, I, I don't know. Like, uh, just there just seems to be so much grey area. But there's just this we. There's just this wee voice in my head here that part of me keeps saying, like, we're being played for fools about a lot of different things. 
you know, a lot of different things. Like, I don't, uh, I don't understand why, like, we're, we'll keep going back to, like, the, the Tesco. I, I know food is essential, but, like, we should be able to open our gym with some restrictions in a one to, like one-to-one environment, and you know, be able to control numbers. Like we can, we that's elements that we have control under. You know, we we can definitely do that. I mean, our gym space now is a total of six thousand square foot, and long before we were told we had to close, we had already put our own measures in place in terms of would cancel classes, so there's no large groups coming in at one time, and um, we cancelled pay as you go, so only members could use. And like you, absolute most at any one time, we had ten to twelve people in the place divided out across six thousand square foot. Like, and then you look at places where people are queuing up, and the maximum distance, not the minimum distance, the maximum distance in a lot of cases is two meters. Two meters. Yeah. We were we were able to, like, as a gym, we could get we could easily guarantee a system that everyone would have four to five meters of their own speed. Like either direction in an interaction with their own space yeah you say you know in a one-to-one um scenario you know we could we could put measures in place um i know it, it, for two three weeks us boys were back and forth matching each other you know what should we do here should we close should we not that was kind of like well who knows how long it's going to last if we close now we kind of had a fate i think the three of us between us kind of almost sort of wanted to close so that we, yeah, yeah. we, we our, our priority, our priority is always the safety, like the safety of our members and our clients, and, and that, like, that will continue. Like that, that, that isn't me saying this. Like, I, I just hope soon that our gym can open. That's not like me saying that from a business perspective. That's me saying that there because, like, we are, we know how much the gym means to our members. We know how much it means to us. Like, we just want to get. A bit of our life back, a bit of our routine back, to do it in a in a safe manner, like where, where you know where everybody is in uh, everybody's safety conscious, but we can still continue to provide a service. Yeah, and as well as that, we've not just our, the three of us, but with what ten or eleven self employed trainers who at the minute are trying to live off probably ninety four, ninety five pound a week universal credit. Yeah, and if they do get um, if they do get on that scheme that pays eighty percent, it's eighty percent of your your profits. Um, a lot of our trainers have spent a lot of money in recent years because a lot of them is new to it. Spent a lot of money in recent years on courses and problems only themselves. So their their profits are actually probably pretty low. They'll get eighty percent of that at best, and then they're not going to get that until June. So not, not, only, not only that, but our members, like we have probably still well over a couple of hundred members that are showing their loyalty to us. They're keeping their membership going. So we feel like, it, it, you nearly feel a bit guilty that we can't open it and, and give them something. You know what I mean? I think as well, one of the things that's been annoying me is um, a lot of people, a lot of gyms, it's their, it's their choice at the end of the day, but a lot of gyms have lent out all their equipment, the members, and I, I don't know, like, our insurance is with a fairly, our insurance is with a fairly well-known insurance company, a very widespread insurance company, who actually usually act, a lot of the brokers that people get insurance through are actually insured through this company. Yeah. AXA, basically, right? And I checked with them, and 
us letting out equipment, they would not, we'd still be liable as a gym and they wouldn't pay out. So if anyone got injured or worse and had, had to make a claim, because people say, oh, I wouldn't claim, but like at the end of the day, if you can't work anymore, you have to. If you've got a mortgage and you can't work, you have to make that claim to get that mortgage paid for. And our insurance company will not cover us, which means the three, the three of us would be personally be personal liable if someone was to injure themselves, which would just bankrupt the three of us and the gym. And I think just where we've got this people's sort of attention now and members are really maybe wondering, well, why is anyone else letting out equipment and these boys weren't? That's, that's the reason. And uh, to be honest, I don't know if anyone else has actually looked into it or they just thought, right, we're going to help our, help our members out. Yeah. And, like, we'd love to, be, I'd absolutely love to be lending out equipment to all our members so they can enjoy home workouts. And, you know, there's people that are just missing the barbells big time, but that's, we have to be, smart and protect the, the future of ourselves like the gym <laughs> the gym and i'd love nothing more than to let let equipment out um especially those members that have sort of stayed loyal to us i'd love to be able to reward that with that but you just can't and i know everyone says you know it would never happen probably wouldn't but you can't take the risk can't take the risk and i don't to be honest i don't know if anyone else would be pretty like sort of when it comes to the, the red tape and, and sticking to the rules kind of stuff. I'm, I'm sure one of those people that tends to, to stick to the rules and also don't know if other other gyms have really looked into it and um I don't know, I just feel like they've made us look bad. <laughs> That's right. I wanna get it out there. I want to get it out there so people our members especially know why we haven't done it. It's not just that we can't be bothered or can't be asked or couldn't be bothered with a headache of who's got what and getting it all back and it is because of that that risk i suppose we uh will want to give her um try and give our members some insight as to what what we're thinking here for getting back so i suppose the best case scenario what we could hope for with another with another three weeks to do off this status quo but um i don't know about you lads but i've seen some messages there that small businesses make it back in operation off this next three weeks with obviously some stringent sort of protocols in place now we need to find out where we fall do we fall under the small business category or like see gyms and nightclubs will be one of the last things that will be open but we aren't a mass we aren't a a, a massive gym and um, with like big big numbers so i'm wondering would we have some sort of argument that we could operate in a one-to-one -one basis and um, restricted numbers? Obviously, the likes of our classes and our group PT, that's further down the line. But I'm just wondering, can we get, uh, can we get something going here, hopefully, um, with some sort of restriction? I think uh, sort of waiting to see exactly when, obviously, First thing will be parks and open spaces. If they're not open, then there's no chance we'll get open in any capacity. But then after that, they're talking about sort of starting to open up um, personal appointment services. I think seen was next on the list. Then I can't even remember where that list came from that I seen. So it could have been Karen on Facebook, like. But um, but personal appointment services. So assume that means like maybe things like um, barbers or hairdressers or beauticians, but where it's a one it's a one in one out sort of scenario where it's appointment only that's the same like touching people's hair if you can touch people's hair it 
one to one of our appointments the same as a one to one training thing. You know, we had we had measures in place before anyway. You know, like one to one generally trainers. You said right, you're responsible. Make sure your client washes their hands before they come in and touch anything. Wipes in the bars. Disinfect everything as you use it, and then both of you wash your hands. You know, before and after each session, and um, that's the same sort of measures they're going to have in personal um, services. For so, I don't understand why if that gets on, um, if that gets sort of eased, the measures eased first, why we wouldn't be able to do at least one to one training. But you just don't know because at the end of the day, they can't go through each individual gym and say, "Right, you can open, you can't." They'll probably just keep it as a, a widespread. No, gyms have to have to shut. Yeah, because we, like we we don't we don't sort of we're we're not like a, a big leisure center or you know things like that. We're more of like a smaller smaller business uh, as such. So like one to one would I be ideal, but um, it's like you say, Paul. They're they're not going to go through each one individually and sort of say yeah you can open or you can't. Just on um, maybe getting away a wee bit from the. Laker side of things. Obviously, the weather's been amazing so far, so people are probably keeping busy doing gardening, ratting over fence paint and stuff like that. But what uh, any books or podcasts or anything you've been listening to or reading that people might be wanting to check out? Grimsy, Grimsy, I'll let you go with the reading thing. Yeah, yeah reading, uh, sort of, like I said at the start of the podcast, that All Blacks book, uh, Legacy, very, very good. Um, sort of relates to everything in terms of business, life, sport, everything. And thought it was very, very good. So um, that's one I've just oh, finished. And I've just started the... I've, what, had sorry? Three, I've had three copies of that book in my lifetime. And I don't know, I've lent them out every time. Um, so I know you haven't got one. Remember. <laughs> But over, I don't know, every time I bat, I end up playing with someone and I don't know who has many legacy. So any podcast listeners out there and you've got a copy of James Kerr's legacy and you don't know where it came from, send it to 28 on Grove, please. Well, you know what the definition of stupid is, doing the same thing. <laughs> 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 Three times. <laughs> it's stupid bastard. <laughs> uh, what about you, podcast, or? I have been listening to, listening to some podcasts, so um, I bought a hammock. It's probably probably the best probably the best thing I've ever bought. Twenty quid on Amazon. Um, I've been listening to a pod after that first week of panic. Um, I realised it's not getting me anywhere. You know, I need to need to start doing things taking each day as it comes here. So I did try to get back to some sort of daily routine, and then started off with doing a fake every morning. The weather picked up, like Paul said. There, there was. Um, a shortage of fence paint and the whole of the country it seemed but I managed to get my hands on enough to, to paint the back fence doing a bit of gardening doing a bit of barbecuing and getting better at my coffee Megan that's uh, that's all self-development in my eyes everybody's um, mad keen on reading books and fucking listening to business gurus I ain't just trying to enjoy myself I'm not going to lay like I'm lying up in a hammock I'm trying to um, get Two, two hours on the back in the sun and then I do a wee turn and I get a couple hours on the sun. <laughs> like, I, that's not looking too bad at the minute, like, so I'm going to go out and I'm going to work on it again here soon. I spent the whole day yesterday, tops off in the sun, trying to get a bit 
with a collar and my torso like and uh t-shirt off all day the only place that sun cream was on on my head and face and um, torso still as white as ever and somehow I managed to get burnt in my face with it so I don't know how that worked like the only place to put fucking sun cream I got I got burnt and didn't get any color anywhere else but in terms of podcasts I just been listening to ones I've always listened to thankfully a lot of them has been keeping up um keeping up their episodes weekly but I listen to like uh some true crime stuff so Sword and Scale, so it's a wee bit darker, like it's a bit murder usually. But uh, listening to it, and then um, in terms of like the ones I normally listen to for sort of fitness and business, um, I started listening to Ben Bergeron's podcast, Chase and Excellence. It's pretty good because they're all quite short and to the point, not not drag on really. They pick a few things and, and rattle through them quick, so it's a good one. Um, other than that, painting the fence and yeah, um, I've listened to uh, Sam, Sam Horse has got a good podcast on sort of dealing with um, the, the, the current sort of climate. It's only about 20 minutes long. Uh, he touches on sort of mindset and, you know, how to, how to deal with adversity and in a sort of very rational situation, um, very rational manner. And then he was saying that he was just a, the first week, he was, he was just a nightmare to be around. Um, and his kids were old enough, one of his daughters was old enough to catch on to his tension. So it was just all about those sort of mindfulness measures that he put in place to, um, to try and reset. Uh, I listened to another one called The One You Feed. Um, it's a Cracker podcast. He had about five or six different guests on, but they all done wee 10-minute segments about how they're dealing with the current situation. And every single one of them had a... They had a different different twist on it, but all sort of geared towards the same thing about use it as a time to reset and get back to your values. And it sort of goes back to what we were saying earlier on about seeing the families all out walking together and stuff. You know, I think there's going to be um, there's going to be a lot of good that's going to come out of this. Yes, there's going to be you can look at one side of the coin where there's going to be that fear on you know the people are going to be afraid of human contact with strangers and stuff. But if anything, it could have took us back to our roots with our friends and our family and, you know, the people that yeah. we care about most. I know as soon as, as, soon as this happened, um, I start, you know, the first week you start to think about the, the financial footfall here. You're like, I just bought a new car, um, you know, I'm paying a mortgage in a house and all these wee things start, like the cogs start spinning when I've never really had that, financial worry before so it's 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 reset me to go like you know what maybe maybe i am living beyond my means you know at the time you're, you're probably not because you can afford it and works good and business is good but if anything i've maybe just had a chance to reset and go you know what see all that it's all fucking bullshit like it, it doesn't matter it's just about the, the people that you're spending your time with um and that's that's obviously max important. Sort of answered what the uh, the last question was going to be really. Um, what what's been your biggest takeaways from the whole situation so far? What have you what have you sort of either learnt about yourself or in, in general that you hope to to carry through when this is when this is hopefully over soon? Like what what's your biggest takeaways? Yeah, I was saying about the financial thing. I was like, oh, you know, can I justify ban that cure? Can I justify ban the things that I bought and then 
another party was like, fuck it, like it just shows you how quick things can turn. If I have money, uh, I ain't going back to Ibiza next year, I'll go back, uh, you know what I mean? All these things, I ain't going to party with my friends and my loved ones and roll on the barbecues and roll on the hugs and roll on the, the, the sweaty raves, it. Like all that stuff, I'm like, fuck, I can't wait, bring it on. So I don't know. There's, there's two two ways you can look at it, like, but it's it's all based around connection, like it's all based around. I, I just I basically I can't wait the I can't wait the, the gym opens up again. The you know you're 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 doing your your workouts with your training partners. To you're going out for a pint with people that you really really love. It's everything like you know like the likes of your football. The football you're all ah can take or leave the game. Like you know I, I'm retired now, but like. I'm missing going up on um, coaching the lads on a Thursday night on, on like what are we on 21st April it's absolutely prime time so we're coming into the season here the weather's good the late nights are back in you know all those, all those things that you take for granted are just they're, they're gone at the minute so I just can't wait to get that yeah. normal back yeah really really with me then it's just been the little things as well you know it, it's not that you need a load of money to be living and Doing whatever you, you normally Get do. Get that on record, McGee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, but but it's true. You know, you're sort of just getting by daily. You know, ban ban your food and. Well, here sort of just, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have saved much money in lockdown anyway because you never bought a coffee when we weren't lockdown. <laughs> uh, no, but really, it, it's 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 been good. Sort of, I've realised that the kettle can actually boil over like a hundred times. You know, in a day as well. Because I've never drank as many cups of tea and eat biscuits like it, but um, no, it's it's the little things like you said, are you know m- missing football, missing routine with the gym, missing you know missing work as, as well, um, massively. That's what keeps you in routine, and um, so I'm looking forward to getting back to all that. Like you're watching um you're watching like eight next door neighbours are just had a young child, and you're watching the grandparents come and talking to the child through a window, you know. It's fucking and like it was my mum's birthday there last week, and I'm calling down and I'm sat I'm sat in a present out our backyard and I'm talking there through patio doors, like that that yeah. shit that, that doesn't it doesn't make sense. It's not what we're used to. You just need to, we need to get that we need to get that back. For me, it's um, again you've always talked a lot about money. Sort of just realizing that when this is all over, I'm hoping to sort of keep a lot of the spending habits I've developed in the last few weeks. Yeah, I don't I. I wouldn't even add up how much money I'd have been spending on food and coffee and, 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 and diesel, just doing trips you don't need to do. Like, obviously a lot less money coming in now than we would have had three weeks, four weeks ago, but somehow you seem to be probably better off. Yeah. It's funny, I seen something yeah. the other day there. It said, uh, is anybody else's car getting three weeks to the gel now? Yeah. It's so, <laughs> yeah. The other thing for me is, uh, you probably both touched about about football. I'm missing a lot more than I thought I would. Um, part of that's probably because they keep showing, putting up like old matches, even you know club matches, putting up old club matches, and then you're getting nominated to put up a photo of you playing, and then you're scrolling through looking for a photo. And a lot of that sort of missing football, obviously, I was managing this year, but with doing a bit of run and all this, all the nostalgia looking back at matches, it makes yeah. you miss. Playing, maybe realize how long retirement lasts and sort of thinking shit if I retire too early. Yeah. I mean, I suppose I want to finish saying with 
message that our members in just how generous they've been by a lot, a lot like I know I've had message messages personally from you know online clients and stuff looking the looking the payment so I, I look I just I don't know about you lads but I just when giving out um giving out programs I give out a program obviously there are small group PT give it to my online clients and like I know like I said earlier everybody's situation is different it's, it's not about the money it's just that they can be doing stuff to keep themselves taking over like it's it's more than enough them it's keeping their uh, monthly membership on in the gym like that that's more loyalty than, than what we need you know that's 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 enough for us yeah I mean members and clients have been absolutely amazing so far so many of our members have have kept their membership going even maybe the ones that have had to cancel, as you say, everyone's situation is different. We completely, completely understand. Some people don't have work, or if like maybe just as you say, they're self-employed. They're probably not getting much coming in at all. Even they might get something back in June, but we completely understand if anyone has had to cancel. Um, but the support's been amazing so far, and uh, just hope that obviously we always try and improve the gym, but I just hope down the line we'll keep improving and keep improving it and all that. Lloyd, they'll be rewarded hopefully for our members. Yeah, yeah I'm, sort of, I'm sort of on the same uh, boat as well, like in, in terms of people, you know, offering money for like programs and stuff, you know. Uh, no, uh, just, you know, your loyalty to, to us and to the gym is more than enough. So I'm happy to, to be helping, helping you out at this time. Like. Yeah. And a, lot of our, um, a lot of our members also be sort of key workers at the moment as well. Just want to thank them for everything they're doing. Sort of, yeah, yeah. way to look after us. Yeah, like I know the. It seems like the the dynamic is is shifting, and um, almost uh, well week, weekly anyway. You know, you're you're hearing different stuff. So, I, I think it is important that we do stay in touch with current affairs. But if they had any advice, it would be, don't be watching the news twenty four seven. Don't be letting it consume you. Um, get out and enjoy the weather with your loved ones and uh, obviously the, the priority is safety still paramount like but we'll just see how things change here and we're just hoping that obviously if if we keep going the way we're going um, we seem to be doing fairly well so far that we can get some sort of measures in place that, that allow us to get back some sort of some sort of life here in the next couple, couple of weeks Hopefully be back soon then. Yeah, Paul. That's us, just all stay all good. Stay safe, usual message. Happy stay safe. Thank you. The last thing is is that if you're Thanks. if you're posting a lot of anger and stuff on, on Facebook, you know, and you're still voting for the same people in the next election, have a have a look at yourself. Just delete Facebook. Aye. Uh, <laughs> here. Remember through all of this here, you know, uh, it could be well a smokescreen for the fact that Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right, See ya. Good luck. Thanks.